I, th- I think if you make music or write music, like obviously when you start mixing and recording and all that, yeah, you end up becoming so like hyper focused on it, and uh, you listen to it at a level that oh yeah, ninety percent of people never listen to music. Yep. So it becomes like an act. It's an activity. Yeah. Listen, I don't passively like listen to music. No. I'm listening to it. It's got my like soul attention. Yeah. I um, I don't know. I just since you know. Playing it's playing music now for a living for the past three years or whatever, and and uh, listening to all the music every night. Like when you're opening for somebody, and then you think when you're like before you get into this, you're like, man, I'm gonna go listen to the uh, the headliner tonight. You know, afterwards, <laughs> after like the first month of doing that, you're like, I ain't listening to the headliner tonight. I'm going to sit in the van. <laughs> yeah, because they ain't, they ain't listening to you. Or you no, have the lofty idea that they're gonna be like standing side no, stage. They like, don't. Which sometimes they do. But, Great job, buddy. Yeah, no, and uh, no. it's just a. I don't know. It's a task to listen to music now. Uh-huh. And I hate to say that. I hope consumers don't feel the same way. <laughs> I do think it's just different when you make I it. I think so. Yeah. Because you just get wore out on it. You do. It's, uh, I don't know. It's a weird thing, really. Because that's kind of, I don't know. I almost get, get stuck where I don't even want to write either. Like, pick yeah, it up. Sure. You know, it's just. Uh, tired of it. Yeah, you're tired of it. Here's a question. I don't know if uh, I'm the only one because it, it makes me feel a little bit like a narcissist. Uh, but. For me, the reason I really started playing music and writing songs, I focused on writing things that like I wanted to hear, right? Uh, which is a little bit odd because I guess that's ultimately pretty arrogant, right? <laughs> like you think you're you like have pretty good stuff, right? right. That's the only right. reason you write it, right? And then you listen to it, and then I don't. If I want to hear some music, I just write it, right? Is that weird? Do you do yeah. that? I don't know. I don't really think about it like that, but I mean, that's a pretty interesting take on it. I don't think it's weird. I mean, everybody's got their own way of why they want to write. Huh. I couldn't tell you why I want to write. Yeah, <laughs> or in yeah. the beginning, you know, I don't know why I wanted to. Now, well, now you just do it for the money. Well, <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm not going to tell you that I'm not, but you know, uh, I promise you I'd be doing something else if I wasn't making money at this. I promise you I'd yeah, be doing totally, something man. else. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, you know, people will tell you all day long that, oh, yeah, it's, Man, it's all about the songwriting. It's all about that. Like, yeah, it, it is about having that craftsmanship and that quality. But I'll tell you what, if I wasn't making money at this, I wouldn't be driving down the highway for 15 hours from Colorado home in the middle of the night, you know. Uh-huh. And it ain't worth it for that. <laughs> no, it's definitely not. You have to have some. But at the same time, because I, I agree with you, like there has to be some sort of financial viability for it. Yeah. But if if I wasn't doing it for a living – I would still write some songs. Oh yeah, play my guitar. I would too, and that's that's the way it started out. This was, I think, every, I don't know everybody, but it's dang sure how it started out for me. I was just writing songs for fun, and I'd play them in the on my front porch in my house in college, and nobody was listening, but I was still writing the songs, and uh, you know, had a whole booklet full of them. And then, I, I don't know, friends just convinced me to make an album, and then. Then it become a job. So your friends, <laughs> your friends were kind of your sounding board. Yeah, and honestly, my parents too. Uh, you know, they really pushed me in the beginning to do it. Um, I don't know why, or I don't know. I guess they obviously your parents want to see you succeed, but yeah, they were like, "You really need to do something about this." And yeah, I did. Were they into music? Um, or did they play? Or? No, they don't play anything at all. No music background at all. Um, I've always played music, so, and they've always been supportive of that. But, 
Yeah, I don't know why they wanted me to do that. I don't know. Never asked them. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, you know, a lot of parents wouldn't really support you going down the highway being a musician, but mine did. So, yeah. Yeah. So, but they don't play any instruments or nothing? No, they saying? don't play anything. Uh, my un- my mom's brother, my uncle, he taught me to play the drums whenever I was real little. Uh, and uh, so I've always played the drums. but Or I, I quit playing drums at probably junior high. Started playing guitar, singing in high school. But you got that rhythm bug. I guess. Something like that. Seems like there's a lot of good songwriters that all came from like the drumming world. Right. Yeah. Sometimes I play on Chase's drum kit and shows. I think I've seen sound you do check. it. I think I've seen you do <laughs> I it. I don't quite have it like I used to, but <laughs> I don't have it at all. And oh I've yeah. I've never had it. Really? No, I just can't do it. I mean, I can play like one simple little straight beat, but yeah. It's pretty it's bad. funny you think that it'd be pretty e- I mean, I would think I used to think that, oh, man, it's not that hard to play the drums. But then, like, you get some of my other band on the drums, like guitar player, like Ryan, he gets over there, and it's not that great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was looking know. for something inspirational. No. <laughs> no, he's bad. No, yeah, no, like, and I don't know. I guess at least I had some kind of background on the drums. But you would think people would be able to keep a beat or something, but it's, I guess it's hard. I don't know. Yeah, I, it seems like if you sat behind it at all and just kind of poked around on it, you could maybe keep like one little hi hat right snare thing, but some people just don't have it. I guess not. I don't know. I think it helps the songwriting for sure. Yeah, to know what the drums are doing in your head Absolutely. while you're writing it because you kind of self produce it. Yeah, I definitely do that a lot. Yeah. Uh huh. So have you have the whole thing kind of mapped out, kind of pretty much. Part. Yeah. Of course, it changes so much when you get in there, but at least I have a lot of I have a lot of structure in my head when we go to the studio. Mm-hmm. I think it's very beneficial. <laughs> Your first album. Yeah, no structure. <laughs> well, what do you mean? I didn't have, I had no clue what I was doing. Really? Uh, yeah, I was pretty green. I had a buddy, uh, Mason Mark. I don't know if you've heard of him at all. He's from. He's, Is that how I say it? I always said Merrick. Uh, I say Mark. I don't know. Okay. I mean, Is it the I same? Know, I think it's the same said. guy. Yeah, right? it's the same guy. Okay. He's got that song Drifter. So yeah, yeah. that's his biggest one. I don't think I've ever met him. But. Yeah, he's a great dude, man. And uh, he kind of, I guess, really, honestly, he was kind of a big uh, start for me also. He he lived 15 minutes down the road from me. Not even 15 minutes. I could be at his house probably 10 minutes. And uh, he started, when I started playing in college, just picking around, he started asking me to come out and play with him at some acoustic gigs just yeah. to help him out, you know, song swap. And, uh, you know, six months of that, playing with him and just having fun at it, I guess that's kind of what maybe gave me the... What year was that? uh, Probably starting in 2018, because I I did my first album in 2019. That's right. But, yeah. That's crazy, dude. It also helped that I was a huge uh, music fan myself. Like in college and everything, I mean, I'd be at a show. If I wasn't at a rodeo, then I was at a... You know, a concert, uh-huh. literally every single weekend. Yeah. If if there wasn't a rodeo, I was at Harry's or going to New Braunfels or somewhere and going and watching the band. So were you still? So you were still in school? Yeah, I I uh, I released my first album, uh, the fall my senior year of college, but I graduated in December, mm. and I released it in September, I think. So I had oh, a so not even that. Yeah, I had a couple months of being in the bars with it, you know, not a lot of time, but I feel like that helped, you know. Mm-hmm. You can see my face in there in the bar in College Station. Totally. Because that's where I was, you know, home base right there. It helps so. a lot having uh, some college-age kids yeah. 
that can kind of band around you a little right. bit. Yeah, I think it helped, but yeah. And so how long did you play before that? Uh, like just, when did you really start first start playing guitar? Junior high. Really? Yeah, I picked up a guitar in junior high. I always had guitars before that, but I didn't know how to play them. <laughs> Literally like three or four just laying around the room uh-huh. from my uncle, but uh, never knew how to play them. In junior high, I started playing them, and yeah. Sing, I didn't sing till high school. I didn't get a word out until then. Really? <laughs> well, how would you start doing that? Just, uh, just one day I started singing. Yeah, sang a song for my parents one day in the in the kitchen. Oh, really? Yeah. <clears throat> was it like any good? It was a Randy Rogers uh, "Lost and Found." <laughs> Who's Randy Rogers? Yeah, right. Never heard of that guy. Nah, "Lost and Found." That's yep. a good song. It's also a Brooks and Dunn song. Not the same song. The Brooks and Dunn has a good "Lost and Found." I don't think I've heard that one. Maybe really? I'm sure yeah, I have. I lost have. and found in a border town. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Okay. Check the wait. What's the Randy Rock? Check the lost. Check and the found. lost and found. Yeah, yeah that was dude. the first one for me to sing out loud. That's a jam, dude. <laughs> yeah. Was that so? It, you kind of you, you definitely and inf- major influences were out of like the Texas country. Yeah, yeah. From an early age, uh, Cross Canadian Ragweed. I had all of their CDs that they had made up to that. Whenever I was like ten years old, my uncle gave me all of their CDs that they had made up to that, and I uh, I listened to those things literally every single day, every day on the way to town. I'd be in the back seat and I'd have my headphones on with my CD player, and I'd I'd listen to them things all day, every day. But yeah, it was it, it was like kind of always Texas country or whatever you want to call it from the beginning. Uh, that and ZZ Top and some other stuff. Yeah, you always throw like, isn't it Sharp Dressed Man in your set? Uh, Yeah, we do the intro to it because it goes into this the Tall Boy song that I have because we talk yep. about ZZ Top in it. So we kind of, yeah, we changed it up recently. We just do like the intro to Sharp Dressed Man while oh, I'm talking okay. and then it goes straight into Tall Boy. Yeah. But, yeah, ZZ was a pretty big influence on me too, really. I mean, I think I had a couple of their CDs, but like, Whenever the age of streaming kind of came, or Pandora, like that was the, they had this thing called Slacker Radio. It was like right before Pandora. It was the same concept. Slacker? Just a different app. Yeah, Slacker. Really? I've never even heard of that. I had it, and man, I, I probably was on that thing for like two years, uh, just on my, my. I think I, it was probably on my Slacker. parents' phone. It's called yeah. Slacker what? Slacker Radio. <clears throat> I, I don't even know if it's a thing anymore. It might not even be an app. Well, we're about to find out. It's just I've like, literally never even heard It's of literally that. just like Pandora, but I think it was before Pandora. You have to pay for it? Uh, I don't think I did. Of course you didn't, right? No, 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 no. You could just create stations. <laughs> That's right. Uh, so I would have like 50 stations created because you only got six skips, you know, uh-huh. <laughs> right. per station. You just, you just so I had like 50 yeah. stations, totally man, true. and I just keep on skipping. <laughs> I don't think they have it. Live one. I don't even think it's a thing. It's probably not. No, That's it's old. I mean, shoot, I was probably, man, 12, 13 years old. Boy, that was so, like MySpace time. Yeah. Probably. Probably. I remember uh, kids older than me, yeah, they, they would be on MySpace, but it's probably around the same time. You man. weren't cool enough yet. Man, I, MySpace. man, I didn't even get an Instagram or a Facebook till like, I don't know, freshman in high school or something. Yeah. It just, uh, I don't know. I didn't Boy, even. Isn't it crazy to think like how fast all that stuff took over? Oh, yeah. It's crazy. I mean, even like the streaming, it's been pretty fast really if you think about it dude we hit it like at the perfect time yeah seriously uh i actually think it's it just happens so fast man i think it's harder to uh get just like organic exposure really quickly like on spotify now 
than it harder was now. Even, yeah, even than just three, yeah. four years ago. Well, there, I think there's just, uh, I don't know. There's just a lot more people, it seems like now. Trying uh, to do it. Trying to do it. And I don't know, maybe I just wasn't paying attention as much back then. Or now, now more that I'm more involved, maybe it just looks like there's more people, but mm-hmm. it feels like there's more people. Um, I would agree. More content. Yeah. Definitely more content. It's a double-edged sword because yeah. it makes uh, people like you and I, gives us the ability to just make music and put it out to like a lot of people. Yeah. Uh, but then also like every person that thinks they can play the guitar and write a song right. is able to do the same thing. Yeah. So it like... And they can do it pretty good, actually. Yeah. Some of them do it really <laughs> bad too, though. Yeah. So it yeah. saturates the market. So it like right. when you're first starting out, like if you are really good, it's kind of hard to like... Yeah. Get through all that. Dive through the waters. Yeah. 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 It's a double-edged sword. Yeah, but I love streaming. I ain't gonna lie. Dude, it's changed my <laughs> life. Yeah. I wouldn't I wouldn't be here sitting right here talking to you if it wasn't for Spotify. Yeah, me or neither. Apple Music and all that. Yeah. A lot of people like to complain about it, but I don't think they really understand it. I have zero complaints about it. I was talking to uh do you know Coe's new drummer, Jared Easterling? Have you met him yet? I have not met him, but I I, I know who he is. Yeah, yeah we were talking about because he came from the rock world, mm-hmm. Christian rock, yep. right? Yep. So he's still he helped develop that band he was with, so they still get some royalties and stuff right. like that. But we were talking about like a lot of these guys that maybe sign record deals or sign with managers, you know, before streaming really took off. So like after 2010, 2014, 13, whatever. Yeah. I think, I think this is speculation, but I think a lot of those record deals probably took a big chunk of their streaming royalties because mm-hmm. the deal was like, Oh, there ain't no money in streaming. Right. Right. Yeah. And so if they just give you enough, right. You're like, Oh, this is pretty good. Yeah. There's no money in it. Right. But then, you know, you got like a guy like you that comes along where it's when you get the whole chunk of it, oh, you get you're the whole like, piece, uh, yeah. This is actually pretty, pretty meaningful. Good. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. I ain't complaining about my chick. <laughs> no, but they finally figured out the infrastructure to like be able to actually collect the money. All right. You know, you don't have like Limeware anymore. You don't have Napster. Right. You gotta pay for it. They found a way to like Yeah. Have you ever looked through your uh itemized thing? Like I don't know who your distributor is. I use DistroKid. I use uh well it, my first stuff is on CD Baby, but the rest of it's been on TuneCore. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. Why'd you switch to TuneCore? Um, I got in a bind actually uh, during COVID when we were trying to release. I think it was "Take Away This Pain," a single, uh-huh. and uh, man, it wasn't working. Like I think because like their offices or whatever were closed down with COVID or whatever. Whoa. And uh, my early manager at the time, Alex Torres, he knew people over I didn't know there. That you were with Alex? Yeah, man. Uh, we worked together for yeah, probably I don't know, close to six months or something. There in the very beginning, okay. and then we just went ways. Nothing, wasn't nothing bad. It was just at the time I felt like, you know, a young artist. I think you can do a lot of things on your own to start out with. And, sure. And uh, yeah, but anyways, he knew some guys over there at uh, at TuneCore, and it was like, hey, we're in a bind. Uh, the release is not pushing through and we had already announced a release date. Cause you know, you upload it, everything's great. Oh yeah. We're releasing now. Yeah. Well then it wasn't going to, and they were, and so he called over to tune core and we kind of pushed some stuff through and we got a rush order and we got it out. In really? Time. Yeah. How that's, that's weird. Yeah. It was a weird deal. I was very scared to death. No kidding. Cause like, yeah, I, I never want to do that again. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it was just all like the COVID stuff, you know, when the whole world was shut down, it was like right when it all started happening, you know? Yeah. And, uh, had to kind of do some maneuvering. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So that was like right when you started out. I was right before it. I was 
uh, yeah, six months before it or so before the whole world shut down. Yeah. When I released it. Yeah. Yeah. See, so it's like you did well through the COVID day. I did, man. I, I mean, we exploded through the COVID. Th- I mean, not exploded, but that was our growth period. Totally. You know? I think it helped me. COVID did. Why do you think that? I didn't have to get out there and play shows and um, look bad. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Because uh, I had no clue what I was doing. Really? I mean, at all. It took a huge learning curve for me. I was so green. Still What green. do you think are the main things that you, like, have gotten better at in, in terms oh. of your performance? Man, there's just so much that goes into it. Just li- the little things, even not necessarily just the performance. I mean, obviously the performance, but building the band, building the structure of your set and the even just your equipment, you know? I mean, we started out with nothing. Mm-hmm. Like, we could throw our amps and the drum kit in the truck, and that was all we had. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and now, you know, we need to upgrade because we're full, you know? Sure. And... Uh, yeah, I think there's just so much that I didn't have a clue how to do, and I think I might have, I might have quit. Or I mean, I don't know if I'd have quit, but I'd have been, a, I might have burned out to where I was completely broke, mm. you know. And um, I think it saved me a lot of money, honestly, to kind of get that, you know. Hell, I was getting the royalty check, not playing, but uh, sure, you know, kind of save up and and learn what I was doing before I went and did it because yeah. I rushed into it. I mean, I just went and recorded this album, put it out, didn't have a clue what I was doing, and then all of a sudden, hey, you want to play over here? Like, yeah, got to find a band, you know, which is the complete wrong way to go Dude, about it. is that not one of I, – I, I used to get, like, super, super nervous. Right. Like, bad. Before the show? Yeah. Yeah. And I still do, but it's more a uh, – it's not – before it was, like, out-of-control nervousness because I didn't know what was going to happen. Right. <laughs> so it's just like, oh, my gosh, this is yeah. a disaster. Now it's like I'm excited. Right. It's more of those types of nerves. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you have a lot of that? I think in the beginning, uh, I did have a little bit of nervousness. I can remember the first real big show that we played. We played, opened up for Roger Krieger at Southern's in College Station. It's uh, a bar there in the mall. And uh, we we were all backstage. and like we That had, place shut down. I think so, yeah. Yeah. We were all backstage, and uh, we, we were – Barely a band, you know, we'd been practicing for a few weeks or something, you know, a month <laughs> top, something like that. I just remember my bass player at the time, he all looked at us, he's like, y'all just stay calm, man, like, this is going to be good. And I was so freaking nervous. I mean, it was a packed house, like, sure. a huge crowd totally. in this place. And we get up there, you know, supposed to play for an hour, I think we probably play 50 minutes or something, because that's, I didn't have a clue, you know, mm-hmm. but tried to time it and practiced, oh yeah, I think we're good. And uh yeah, that was... I can remember like those first few shows like that being like, man, are we going to be able to put this together? Like play a full show. It's the worst feeling in the world. Yeah. And now I don't have any nervousness about our capability. The only thing that gets me even like a little bit on edge or something before the show is just uh, equipment working like line checking. I'm real big on line checks before we go up there and like, you know, I don't want to get up there in the first song. You start singing, hey, my vocal's not on. What's yep. what's going on here? Totally. You know, or hey, I don't have any power in my board. That's what gets me nervous. <laughs> totally. Well, because it's out of your control. It's out of your control. And when you're up there, you're up there. And you got to have somebody good side stage that knows what they're doing. You know? Mm-hmm. We're trying to find somebody right now. And we, we brought out a, um, a really great sound guy with us this weekend, this past weekend. Uh, we had two bigger shows, so we really needed somebody in. 
man, he was just so on top of it. And like the second, the first night went so well that like the second night before the show, I was, you know, starting to get those nerves. And I was like, you know what? Went away. This dude knows what he's doing. Dude. And like, I have no fear to get up there and I know everything's going to work, you know? So to have getting rid of some of that anxiety, does it have a pretty good effect on like how you perform? I think so. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know, at least the first few songs, you know, you get up there and you're kind of you're like, man, you're listening around, you're listening <laughs> in your ears. You're like, everything's good. Okay. Yeah. All right. Now we can do this. You know, did the in-ears take you a while to get used to? Not really. We, uh, yeah, we, we got our in-ears and we went on like a four day run right out of the bat with them. And, uh, yeah, we just upgraded three weeks ago to a new system. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been, it's been great. Yeah. Yeah. They're very high dollar ones I'm leasing. So where are you leasing them from? Um, leaf custom cases and stuff. Okay. He's, uh, he's got some, so that's, that's probably the way to do it. I've thought about it, but leasing some of this stuff, cause it's like, it goes out of date. It does. Yeah. No time. The well, and if something breaks or something, you know, then, you know, you just take it back and he gets you a new one. As long as you know, you didn't purposely throw it across the stage or something, but, uh, yeah, no, man, we love him. You know, he, he got us a great setup and they sound awesome so much better than what we had because ours were old and just like you said they go out of date and i think ours are at least probably six years old or something like mm-hmm. that so yeah yeah i bought a used system yeah and it's older so you right. get a little washy yeah. fuzziness for sure a lot of interference yeah yeah we got the little paddle thing but it's still yeah go play a festival or a big stage we have to like turn off everybody else terrible systems. turn them all off <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which I don't think that they like that very much. <laughs> yeah, but it's like uh, Tyler Leaf was, he was telling me, he's like, man, in the Texas scene, he's like, do not be afraid to ask us, the bigger bands, like to turn our stuff off. Oh, for real? He's like, that's, it's common courtesy. He's like, just ask us. Like, oh, okay. We're not going to get mad. He's like, yeah, you go out there, some of those Nashville guys, they might get a little more mad about it, but um, he's like, you ain't going to make us mad. He's like, yeah. that's just kind of the thing around here. Yeah. Because, yeah, it does make a difference. No doubt. You got like the guy on the far side of the stage that's just waving you down during the show. Got anything. Ain't got anything. (laughs) Yeah. We were playing with somebody the other day and um, we asked him to turn it off during the sound check because we had like nothing. Yeah. And uh, halfway through our set, we're in the middle of Take Away This Pain and they they turned it on. And it was, I mean, like zero. (laughs) I I pulled all my ears out. I didn't know everybody lost it. I thought it was just me. So I'm in the talk back like, hey, I lost everything. Well, they couldn't even hear what I was saying because they didn't have anything either. Yep. And uh, so our tour managers run into their bus, beating on the door, and uh, they come back over there. And uh, he's like, "Man, I'm sorry, I forgot. I'm so sorry." And they they turned it right back off. And okay. And then it was great. But yeah, whole all of take away this pain, pretty much all the way through it, we didn't have nothing. And the mains were like so far out front. Oh, so yeah. So you couldn't you get couldn't any hear mains. anything. Ooh. No, it's okay. You know, were y'all playing to click? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess you. St- well, so the drummer didn't. But I guess if he didn't hear it, it didn't matter anyways. Yeah, it, we did. We we pulled through it. Everything yeah. was fine. It was just really hard to understand in that moment what was actually going on because the like I said, the mains were so far out front. Like I, my vocal, I had nothing. Other oh yeah. than Other than the feeling in my chest, you yep. know, the mains were gone. They were did out you there. Pull out your ears. Oh, completely. Yeah, both of to. them. Yeah. Are you pretty good about not taking them out? Uh, on this new system, yeah. yeah. The old system, I'd pull it out sometimes when I couldn't get things to sound right. I'd be fighting it, and I couldn't mm-hmm. maybe get enough strong, you know, kick drum or something in my ear, then I'd pull it out, you know. Yeah. Like, not only do I have a lot of, I, I have quite a bit of click in my ear, but 
I really got to be able to field them drums too. Yep. Like Chase's kick and the snare. Yep. Kick, snare, and click. Um, you don't put any hi-hat. Well, I guess if you have the click. Yeah, I mean, I got all the drums. But I'm talking about I got like the kick and the snare really up in the mix as opposed to every, the rest of the kit, you know. And uh, if I can't hear that well, then, yeah, I'll pull the ear out just so I can feel his kick drum uh-huh. or the snare. Yeah. So. Do you, if you had to choose, it's probably not this, like, binary, but do you enjoy, like, writing and recording music or the performance side of it more? Man, uh, yeah, that's a tough one. I do enjoy the writing and recording and, you know, especially the past couple projects where it's really finally come together and the one we just finished up uh it's been my favorite by far just because i think i finally found what i've been looking for this entire time Mm. um, sound wise okay and um yeah and then the perform i mean i think when you got a great performance like we this past saturday uh, friday night we played in schulenberg texas it's the national party of texas and uh i mean just a killer crowd singing every song back just screaming their lungs out and you know, we did the Encore Ranch Girl Dream. Yeah, I think I saw the video. And that was, it was crazy. And But when you play a show like that and you can really feel good about it, yeah, then I do love the <laughs> sure. performance aspect. But, you know, when you're driving all the way back from wherever you're at and maybe it wasn't the best show, maybe it was a lighter crowd than what you thought was going to be there or something like that, you're like, man, what, what am I doing right now? <laughs> We've played a couple of those together. Yeah. Yeah. I have one seared in my brain. What's that? I can't really give the town. Uh, it was in Texas, though. It was in Texas? Uh-huh. I just don't remember. How long ago? Well, it was when we did... Well, I'm trying to think. Uh, it was... Yeah. Uh, a year, year, year ago? In Texas? Yeah. And but they, it was like they little, all blend it together. Was like a little, it was like know. a little festival thing, but we did sound check, and it was like a big metal building of course but oh behind I, the stage they had the rolling about. door yeah 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 yeah, yeah. during sound check they had it open and then when yeah. we went on they shut it right, so we got up right, there and right, it was just right. like, yeah your ears but then it was up. it was like a whole <laughs> a hawaiian uh <laughs> themed right party yeah yeah it was a weird one yeah, you'll play those man you know <laughs> you as we say in our band you'll get that on them bigger jobs you know <laughs> Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just times like that when you're driving back in the middle of the night. We're like, oh, I love writing songs. Yeah. 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 Even, yeah, I don't even think about that whenever I'm driving back from somewhere. But, but then also you got to appreciate those times too. And, and I think, uh, honestly that playing stuff like that for the past, you know, three years or so, uh, yeah, I feel like I've grown mentally and, you know, as a person, totally like I've, feel like I know exactly who I am because of those. You know what I mean? Yeah, dude. It really uh, it makes you uh, – it makes you really decide if you want it. Oh, it does. Right? Yep. And not, and not just music. I'm just talking about in life. Like, you know, my, you know, character and, and who I want to be. You learn who you want to be out there real fast, you know. Well, what do you mean uh, by that? Well, I mean, there's just a – there's a lot of emotions on the road, you know, and, and the, you know – pre-show fun or the pre pre-show drive or whatever maybe you're it's fun and then all of a sudden you get into a slump and then it's high on stage and then when you get off you got the post-show loneliness and then 30 minutes later you're back in the van headed to Whataburger with the guys and you're laughing about something somebody said it's just it's up and down up and down up and down all day all night and a lot of time by yourself and 
a lot of time to think too. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, you'll realize real fast who you are when you're thinking just all night long driving, like, man, you know, what are we doing out here? And you learn who you are and why you're out there, you know? Yeah. I think for sure. Yeah. It creates the mental toughness. Oh, it does. You got to be tough out there because that mentally, because, man, it'll beat you down. Yeah. Cause <laughs> there's other stuff coming in there where it's like, Base guy doesn't show up. Yeah. Freaking whatever. Guy quits a week before. Right. Can't get this done. People yeah. just move so quickly in and out of your life. Right. That's actually what I have the hardest time with is people coming in to the fold and you like, you want to uh, like really include them and make them a part of it. Yeah. Uh, but then it's like at any moment they can just be like, all right, see ya. Yeah. Man, I've been very blessed. Um, to not have any guys just check out on me. Mm. Um, anybody who's ever left, I've, you know, unfortunately had to let them go, but, uh, which is a tough thing to do in itself because it is like a family out there almost when you, when you do bring them in and, and they're part of it for so long, you know, but, uh, yeah, I've been very blessed to not have guys, anybody that's been flaky or anything like that. I mean, and they're, they're did you have the early on stuff. stuff where guys like no showed and all that? Not really no show. Uh, no, we never had anybody no show or anything. All yeah. I've, like I said, I've been blessed from day one to have guys that been right there ready to roll. Uh, totally. I haven't had any problems with it. You know, it's been hard to find, you know, that, that kind of guy, those, that, those guys there, you know, but yeah, they're with me. So if you weren't, if you weren't doing this, what would you, what would you be doing? Oh man, I have no idea. No idea <laughs> at all. Uh, I feel like I mean, there's probably a little bug in you that would want to go rodeo pretty hard. Yeah. I mean, that was kind of my goal, but you know, it kind of got put on the back burner right there last year of college, even the year before my, like my junior year of college. Cause the music I was, I don't, I was just start, kind of starting to play some little acoustic stuff and just playing around with it. And, uh, yeah, that was always, that's all I ever did. You know, like growing up, that's all we ever did. Um, I'd get home from school and we'd go down there and we'd rope all night mm-hmm. or not all night till 10 o'clock and then go to school and come home and do it all again the next day, every day and go to a rodeo on the weekends and, uh, high school rodeos, CPRAs. And I did buy my permit for, uh, going to pro shows there. Um, I guess my junior year of college. And, uh, yeah, I guess that'd probably be the biggest bug or the, I don't know if it's really a regret cause my goal is to where I can, Get this music thing, you know, big enough, man. Take it as far as I can take it, you know, to where I can have the comfort to, man, just go have fun at it. Totally. Because, I I mean, and I've I've been able to do that now, too, you know. Uh, It's taken a lot of the pressure off, you know. I wish wish I didn't have any pressure. If I didn't have that pressure whenever I was full-time rodeoing, like that I put on myself. Yeah. Then, shoot, I... Dude, that's like old, I would have went on pretty big. You probably know Tyler <laughs> Halverson, right? Yeah, yeah. The singer gets a check every road. He does, man. Every single one. Yep, that's a great line. It's <laughs> uh, Jake Murphy sent me that song. <laughs> we were driving and I listened to it, and I was like, "Oh my god, he wrote the <laughs> perfect song." Yeah, I love that song. <laughs> that's a cool cat, man. Yeah, I've never met him. We've talked a little bit on the phone, and uh, he's actually opening up the Twisted J for us in November. Oh heck yeah! So. I'm we looking. all need to do something together. Yeah, we it do. It would fit good. It would do really well. I did yeah. a little acoustic thing with him that Twisted J not oh, all yeah. that long ago. Yeah. He's cool. I like his music, man. Really? Yeah. yeah, his music's just awesome, man. He's just a 
he's got that writing style that's I don't know what the word is for it, but it's like this uh I don't know, it's just very unique. Mm-hmm. And I love it. I mean, I love every every one of his songs. I can listen to them all day. Yeah, and you know it's him singing it. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Great uh consistency throughout all of it, everything. Yeah, yeah it's great. So are you I, I would imagine you you always team roped too, right? I did. Yeah. Uh I mainly calf roped. Okay. But then uh I did team rope. Yeah. yeah. I'm I hit it. I don't do much healing at all. Yeah. Unless somebody just needs me to haze. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, I'll swing her up and haze for you. But yeah. uh yeah, no, I, I always calf roped mainly. But, Have you been up here much to Decatur? Like rodeoing up here? Yeah, or just hanging out or anything. Like I haven't that? hung out up here much. Yeah. No, I mean we've passed through all the time and stuff, but uh-huh. never really stopped in too much. I want to say we played a show here or uh, close to here somewhere. We stayed in Decatur one night, uh, my old tour manager's house. But uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think, I don't think we played here. Maybe yeah. it was just nearby. Yeah, but, yeah. My favorite story about you is uh, I want. I don't know where the rodeo was at, but you played Stock the rodeo. Bill. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Can you please tell that story? Yeah, man. We were down in uh, Stockdale, Texas. It was us and uh, Mickey and the Motor Cars, and then Flatland was the headliner that night. And uh, yeah, I ended up in the calf roping there at Stockdale. And Big Al drove the rig down there. And we got two rigs down there. You know, we're real big now. Heck got the yeah. Music rig and the horses in one. And uh, went down there and ended up. Uh, Ended up second in the rodeo, because, <laughs> and that was Saturday night. So, yeah, well, I knew, like, right then that I was going to – yeah, it was Saturday, so that was the last perf. Yeah. Yeah, so I roped and ended up second. And then we went over there, and 30 minutes later, I walked on stage with crap all over my jeans and Dude. everything. And What a badass. Yeah. <laughs> That's it was, so it was fun, man. It was really fun. And I got to do that on Saturday also, this past Saturday. I, I wasn't on the – no, not Saturday, Friday. At Schulenburg. I yeah. wasn't up the same night, but I entered the slack on Thursday night. Went well, over yeah, there. Yeah, that would be perfect. Dude, if you could do yeah. if you could do like Friday well, yeah, that would be tough to do. But yeah, if you could just go in slack. Right. Well, I've been trying to. I yeah. told I told my family, I was like, I'm gonna enter at least three CPRAs before the end of the summer. Go for it. Just dude. to do it. I said I'm gonna enter slack only. Just go over there and rope, go home. And uh I entered Taylor a couple weeks ago, and then I entered Schulenburg. This past Thursday, and then uh, I got a couple more on the books. I'm looking to see if we can make. But how'd you do with those? No good. Yeah. Well, I was like one out at Taylor. I messed my tie up really pretty bad. I should have been right there, and then I was like nine nine or something. And then at uh, Schulenburg, I was late. I ended up being ten. How much are you normally roping? Are you still like practicing a lot or what? Not enough. Not as much as I should be. Yeah. But yeah, but come uh, on, like. Yeah, I mean, I try to rope during the week. Quite a bit, but or I was, but man, it's been so hot. To be honest with you, that's true. But I'm yeah. kind of a. It's kind of funny to say this, but I'm a fair weather cowboy. That's the t- <laughs> that's the title of our upcoming album, and uh, it's fair weather cowboy. That's but, funny. Yeah, a little self doubt. Oh, I love that. Yeah, it's yeah, it's kind of funny that, but it's been so hot. I'm I'm fair weather cowboy, man. I ain't getting out there roping <laughs> right now. Yeah, you know, man. but I got a little young horse at the house. I need to be roping on more. So, uh, how old is it? Uh, he's like five, I guess. I yeah. just got him back from Ricky Canton's a couple months ago. He had had him for three months, I guess. And yeah. he, uh, kind of took him over the edge for him that I, I just didn't have the time to push him over where he needed to be. And we were gone all the time and just couldn't put the consistency on him. And so I sent him to Ricky's and 
got him back and now I need to be putting in the time on him. <laughs> did you, did you like start a lot of your young ones like growing up or who did, did y'all send them off? Or what Man, you? we didn't, uh, you know, you, all these people are all the kids whenever I was growing up and stuff, you, you, you know who they were or whatever. They were buying these $50,000 horses or oh, yeah. $100,000 horses. You know, that was never me. We had to make every horse that I had. Um, not really me, me making them. I was young and clueless at the time, but, uh, between my dad and uh, like the horse that I still ride today, we bought her from a um, good family friend and our, he's actually our horseshoer, Aaron Brandt. And uh, he sold her to me whenever I was in the seventh grade, I guess, like oh. the end of seventh grade. And I sent her to Ricky Canton's and he he uh, kept her the entire summer. And I got her back that fall. And uh, yeah, it just was, she was ready to roll. Mm. And I think we bought her for, man, like, Four thousand bucks and and swapped another little colt for, her. Mm-hmm. and uh, that's pretty much the only one I've ever ridden in the calf rope. And from really? then on, I mean, I've tried some different horses, and we ended up buying one in college, and that was the most we ever paid for a, a horse at the time. Is or still, it was we paid fifteen thousand for one in college. And I remember thinking that was crazy, you know, because we I had never done anything like that, and. Cause everything we'd ever had, we'd made or, yeah. you know, bought them cheap and then made them into what they were. Sure. You know, it's the only way we could do it. We weren't, you know, we weren't rich or anything like that. So yeah. And, and prices have even gone up from there. Oh, now. it's crazy now. Just in the time that I've been out of the loop, you know, the past four years, it's pretty wild. Yeah, dude. But I think it's part of like the general economy. It's just, everything's gotten expensive. Yeah. Yeah. Gas and everything. Is- yeah. It's crazy. They'll probably come down at some point. I'm actually surprised the prices haven't come down quicker. Like with hay and fuel and all that. Right. It's like, gosh, who can... Like a three-string alfalfa up here, I think it was like 30-something bucks. Right. Uh, who the heck is... A uh, round bale was like 175 Yeah. It was like 90 two years ago. Yeah. I don't know. I, I just feel like it's one of those things, though, that no matter what it's costing, they're still going to... You think so? And I think everybody knows that it's just in your mind. Like it's just a lifestyle, you know, it doesn't matter what your lifestyle or how much it's going to cost you. Like you've, man, you got to have that, you know, so you keep buying it. That was one of the early on. That was one of the big reasons that I thought it'd be a good idea to get into horseshoeing. Right. Uh, as my brother-in-law was a horseshoer. So Mm -hmm. I started working for him at like at the end of high school. And, uh, and so he would have started really building his business probably in like 08, 09. Mm -hmm. So it would have been like right in the middle of that recession. Yep. And that's like when his business got bigger. Yeah. <clears throat> Man, I think Rodeo did pretty good in that time. I know like um, my dad has said, you know, he, uh, my family's had the Cowboy Sports News uh, Rodeo Magazine. Um, I don't know if you've ever heard of it. but Your dad? That's my dad. Yeah. Oh, okay. And uh, they had it for 30 years and he just, uh, we just shut it down this past November or maybe it was last November, whatever it was. Um, He just... It was just time, it, you know, being a magazine in today's age, and it's yeah, just the, it's a changing world now. And he was just tired, and um, you know, thirty years is a long time to do a magazine. So, but anyways, that's kind of uh, probably a little sad too, though, because at the end of it, it's like all of a sudden a new technology comes in that almost makes it obsolete. Yeah, but uh, I mean, it was good to good to us and my family and everything, and you know, it uh served its purpose and everything, but yeah. I don't even know where I was going with that anymore. No, you were saying he had the magazine, but then he shut it down. Oh, oh, oh and, and talking about an 08. Yeah. Like yeah. the, that was like the best years for the magazine. Cause you know, like rodeo was still thriving through all that. Even like right now, you know, prices are high, but 
rodeo's still going along. You know, uh-huh. everybody's still buying that. I don't know, you know? how. It's high. <laughs> credit cards. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I I'm know. A, I'm a little worried. A, like, cre- a credit card? Or no, what? I'm just. I mean, about oh, the economy in general. Well, the rodeo community. Like, uh-huh. I don't know how they're getting them down the road. Yeah, I know what it costs me to go down the road, and I don't know. I almost feel like sometimes our expenses are a little more. You know what? With paying your employees and your gas. Well, maybe more than like uh, like a rough stock guy. Yeah, I don't know. It I ain't guess. more than barrel racers. I can tell you that. Yeah, <laughs> right. But yeah, I don't know. It, but you are right. It is so much money. I mean, yeah. I, with I still feel like I'm in that industry enough. You know, like like we're doing the same thing. You uh-huh. know, we're going down the road. We're getting to the rodeo early. We're sitting around. You've got all this dead time. You're just sitting around there waiting, 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 waiting. Then your one run happens. Then you load up. You drive back home. It's yep. the same deal as rodeo. You know, you're paying the same gas bill. Yep. And uh, everything like that. So yeah, yeah. it's the yeah. same lifestyle for sure. No doubt. That's why they've always gotten along. Yeah. Like musicians and rodeo people. Right. I've noticed recently though that there it doesn't seem like there's as much of a connection as there used to be. As of the two, right? Yeah. You know, yeah. like growing up, like looking at like the Chris Ledoux stuff or even right. George Strait. It's like those yeah. dudes were like right in the thick of it. Well, the music's changing too, you know? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I like to think that I can be involved with it as much as I can in the future, you yeah. know? Uh, and be a good advocate for it too because I think there needs to be more good advocates for rodeo. You I would know? agree. Uh, and if, you know the music were to help me do something like that, then great. But totally. You know. What do you think is the biggest issue with rodeo right now? Issue? Oh, man. Well, no, I mean issue in the sense of like why people are shying away from it, why it's not growing as much as we would like. What do you man, think are the main reasons for that? I don't that? think I have the answers, but um, I think it just takes common sense from everybody though. You know, I mean, and it, and it's, you know, not everybody's out there acting a fool or anything, but, you know, just present yourself in the best way possible, you know. Um, you still see it at jackpots and stuff, you know. People acting fools sometimes. And, uh, smaller stuff, you know. It, I think it takes apart from everybody and not just being stuck in, you know, the old ways or something. You okay, know? yeah. It is a changing world, you know, and, and, and there's not going to be any going back to anything. You can't get around that, so. Yeah. It's going to change and you got to learn to adapt to it and present it to the new world, you know? Yeah. There probably does need to be a little bit of like a little bit more of a welcoming atmosphere. Right. <laughs> you know, I struggled with that a little bit. I mean, I grew up out here, so I was around a ton of guys that right. obviously rodeoed uh, and did it at a high level, but yeah. I wasn't into it and my family's not into it at all. Right. It's like, I didn't even know how to put a halter on a horse till I was into high school. Right. And then, then I had somebody show me, right? And then I ran with it from there. But it was all self-taught. Right. But a lot of that that culture and that industry, there's like almost kind of gatekeepers with it. Yeah. And I get it because it is so steeped in history. Um, but you can't be like a douche about it. Yeah. Like if somebody somebody doesn't know or understand it and they admit it, like you can't like make them feel like a moron. Right. I think it's just uh easy to judge you know and maybe a lot of people don't have the inner power to kind of overcome that you know yeah but uh 
you know, I think, yeah, there's a lot of people that are like that, but I think there's just as many that are, that do help, you know, uh, and that are accessible. Totally. Um, if you're honest with them. Yeah. Which I like, like if you come in bumping your gums and you don't know what you're talking about. Right. That ain't cool. Yeah. Then they're just going to laugh at you. Yeah. Yeah. But if you're honest, man, I need some help. I don't, yeah. I want to get into this. I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. Most people are pretty cool about it. Yeah. 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 I mean, uh, yeah, there's a lot of, you know, team ropers, uh, the team roping industry is kind of like an industry in itself. And there's a lot of that, you know, there's guys that have n- never seen a horse. Totally. And they're trying to team rope, you know, yeah, and look and what's happening to the industry. Yeah. I mean, my gosh. Yep. But those low numbered ropings, yep. I mean, good heavens, the amount of money yep. you can win. Yeah. Which is great. You're just getting so many people involved. Right. It's awesome. It's good yep. for the horses. It's kind of like, you know, the Dale Brisby thing too, you know, all his intern stuff on there and everything like, yeah, you know, that's, that's kind of bringing in the outside world to that. I think it's pretty neat. You know, he's not discriminating, you know, he's totally. got, he's got those interns are from everywhere, you know, and they have, they come from all walks of life. I've never even seen a cow to, you know, he's got that, uh, that Jordan on there and she's, she was a you know a bull rider female. Is that, that's the chick riding bulls, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. She's but, kind uh, of a bad little cat, isn't she? Yeah, man. yeah. I think that's funny how on the TV show, they or before the TV show came out or the Netflix show, they had to like keep her face covered on all the posts for like it was a long time before <laughs> it came out. Yeah, because she had been working there and like doing the show, filming it. So anytime that they like, they were trying to keep it all a secret, you know. So anytime they would like take a Snapchat or something, and she was around, they'd have to cover her face. Oh, really? <laughs> and then finally, when the Netflix show came out, they were like, "Hey, this is whose face has been covered for the past year." Oh, it's probably <laughs> great marketing, honestly. Yeah, yeah. It was just, yeah, it was. It was like another thing to yeah. talk about, you know. That dude's a freaking genius, man. He's awesome, man. And do you uh, know him pretty well, sort man? Of? Uh. Yeah, I know uh, Leroy pretty good, man. Yeah, uh, he's wrote. Cool I actually too. wrote wine and weed with him. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. yeah, Leroy, he come down to the house and uh, spent a couple of days, and we picked around on some songs. And pretty much when he was like leaving the house that day, he's like, "Hey, I got this song idea. You need to. We need to see if we can do something with it." And I was like, "Man, why didn't you tell me when he was leaving?" Yeah, when he was oh, leaving. Gosh, like man, that kind of sounds like him though, right? And uh, so it was a few months later or something. I, I picked around on the idea and, and uh, you know, pr- pretty much wrote the, that song there. And I sent it to him. And I was like, what you think? And, yeah, man, he, he had the main idea for it. It wasn't my idea. so Stealing yeah. songs. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen to this one. This is insane. This kind of a side note, just because I just said that. I had a kid that played fiddle with me like mm-hmm. five years ago. Yeah. I didn't even have any music out. I think I had one single that came out, like, and he was kind of playing with me, just playing acoustic stuff. Right. And then you, he just ended up being an odd duck, and, like, I had to get rid of him. Right. Long story short. So you fast forward, like, to now. I guess it was probably, like, a year ago. Got a new guitar player. I guess he meets this old fiddle player at a bar or something. Mm-hmm. And this fiddle player starts telling him, like, yeah, you know most of those songs Jared has? He's like, he's like, right here. No, I swear. <laughs> and and so my guitar player is like telling me this, that he met this guy. I'm like, who is this guy? And he said that like a lot of the, you know, the riffs in the songs and, oh, and a lot of those songs, like I wrote after I even knew him. Right. But he flat out was like in a bar telling this cat that like, he came up with a lot of the ideas and all. I was like, Hold. so You're I gonna call- have to tell me afterwards this guy's name. Yeah. You'll because um, I had like almost the same thing really happened to me. 
um, I ain't gonna say no names or what song or anything like that, but somebody claimed that um, that I stole "High Tonight" and that um, it was their song. Really? So, what level? I guess is this guy at just a no, kind of yeah. nothing happening. Yeah. Really? Did he? Just, but of course, he probably didn't say it to you. Mm-mm. Go oh. to me, dude. I'm so not into it. Yeah. The lawyers were coming out. Apparently. Are you so. serious? Mm-hmm. Did you know him already? Mm-mm. Just at just random. Random said it to a friend of mine, and uh, oh yeah, how friend, weird. Yeah, it was a still a weird deal. What's the end game? Yeah, I don't know. It's so. telling you it's my song. Uh, yeah, like you could probably show the timestamp on like your voice memos. Yeah, like you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Uh, wrote it go, floating down the Frio River. So yeah, <laughs> I stopped on the bank next to a rope swing and I sang it to uh, the group that we were with. I was like, "Hey, I wrote the second verse of that song. Listen, how I sang fun. it right there." And then yeah, like the next week we recorded it. But yeah, I guess it was his song first. <laughs> Dude, that's so weird. That kid that did that to me, I ended up calling him. Like after every show at like two a.m., really, I would Facetime him and I would call him, and he never picked up because mm. I was just gonna be like, mm. "It's a weird deal, man. I don't know. I don't understand anything like that. Like, why would they want to do that? Or they you know? do? Uh, I'm sure you've started having the accounts like what other whatever it's on TikTok, Instagram, where it's like fake accounts, yeah, of you using all your stuff, yeah, which is a weird thing to look at. I've had quite a few of them, yeah. And then they'll, uh, we had one on TikTok and they were just sending this message out to everybody, but it, and it wasn't like anything just overtly weird, but it was weird. Right. Like it's clearly not me. Uh, and so just, I reported the account, but they reported me back. Oh my gosh. So my account <laughs> got suspended. Really? Yeah, dude. Like we would post a TikTok and like it would get zero views. Oh no. Literally zero for days. And we just have to wait. Wow. Because somebody made a so now I just let the fake accounts go, man. That's something that I kind of stress about. Not really stress about it, but I do think about it. You see, like it seems like this week, honestly, I've seen so many Instagrams get hacked, where they do like oh. the, um, you know, invest with me, and and they start posting on these people's accounts, mm-hmm. like look how much money I've made and all mm-hmm. this, but it's fake, you know. Yep, and they're getting hacked. But I feel like this week I've seen like four or five accounts get hacked like that. And Why I'm, do you? Th- I don't. I don't know how they. Yeah, it's it's kind of like, man, you know, am I at risk? <laughs> Probably. Uh, you know, like how shoot. do they get in? Because, I mean, my password is, you know, just as normal or simple as these other people, you know, just oh yeah, just because I have more followers or something doesn't mean that I'm not at risk of getting like I know, that. I know your password. I think even like, uh, <laughs> yeah, you're the one that's going to hack me. I mean, it's been me, dude. That guy talking about <laughs> your songs, Oh, yeah, that was me. that's you. I got you. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, it's kind of stressful like for sure that's your they can whole get into a lot of i uh, hate that we rely so much on social media but we do and if that were to go like that just dude. gone back to zero you have to start a new account double-edged sword like it's the only reason i've had anything happen for me but at the same time yep i don't know i really like people listening to my music and all that but sometimes you know you'll get those messages where it'll be like I don't know. Like, I wish, you know, they're saying like, man, I wish I had your life or, you know, something like that. Right. And I'm like, oh no. Yeah. Don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Cause I know what it's doing to them and I don't like that. Yeah. Like, go live your life, man. Like go focus on yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I don't, 
I would never want like what I'm doing to like make somebody feel bad about their own life. Right. Right. So like happens with chicks a lot. You know, you got these ladies that, I mean, give them credit. Like they look incredible. Right. Right. But on it's social like, media. Yeah. yeah. And a lot of it's Photoshop too. Yeah. And then you got girls that are just, they just get destroyed because of it. Yeah. You know, can't even be in their own skin. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm not even going to lie. I mean, a lot of, it's not Photoshopped, but like, I try to make my post look as good as I can. You know, that's part of the marketing strategy. Well, yeah. You know, so. Yeah, but you're not like shaving off. Like, no, I'm not building my muscle or, or shaving off this belly here. But, uh, <laughs> you know, we'll retake a picture 10 you times might, or I something. have seen you. You put a little bulge right there. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, man, I do like, that all Carson, the time. Carson, you're being a little generous. Yeah, buddy. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, man, that Making behind the scenes. Making feel bad. Right? Yeah. No, but we'll retake a picture like 10 times or something to make it right, you know, sure. or to get the best look of it, yeah. you know. So then I, it's, it's the same way with, like, all those girls and stuff that are posting that stuff, you know, and then somebody's looking at you like you're better than them or something. Uh-huh. Like, man, this is, it is a marketing platform, and I'm marketing the best look, you know. So yeah. you got to look at it that way. But, yeah, people shouldn't look like that's real life. Or, it, it is real life, but it's not – picture is not real life. No. You know what I mean? No. When you take this picture, we're getting the best look of the picture. Yeah, dude, it's a highlight reel. Yeah. Uh, it's totally a highlight reel. Like, I'm not out there faking what I'm doing. If I'm roping, I'm roping that day. Yeah. But I'm going to make the picture look right when we take it. Yeah, and there's know? things that they don't see. Like, they don't see, like, mucking stalls or yeah. eating horses or yeah, no. wrapping mm. a foot because it's got an abscess, taking it to the vet right. and paying $1,000 to get an injected. Like, yeah. they don't see all the stuff. It's not really very fun. Yeah. So it's just a highlight reel, but it's a little bit deceiving, but it's not intentionally deceived. Some people no. are intentionally deceived. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that's what it is. It's yeah. deceiving, but it's not, you know, at least ours is not intentional. It's right. well, mine is, but it's, oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I got my foam cup shirt on. Right. Are you, dude, you won't even believe how many people will say, it's actually right when I walked in today, uh, they'll be like, man, that shirt. I want to say I've seen you wear it before. Have yeah. you got it recently or is it over? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think I've worn it to some shows. I think I've seen you in it. But they'll yeah. say it like it's uh, like shocking news. And mm. they'll be like, dude, that shirt's like a, it's like, do you remember those cups? <laughs> and I'm like, no way. Really? Is I that just, really what it I is? I thought I was just getting a cool graphic. <laughs> That's all I thought it was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I wore it to LJT, I think. Oh, yeah. I was very excited about it. Yeah. Yeah. Very excited. LJT or the shirt? Uh, LJT. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> or both. <laughs> no, I was excited about LJT because of the shirt. Right. Yeah. <laughs> That's a cool deal there. Oh man. It's the best, isn't it? Yeah. I haven't gotten to play like a whole bunch of other big festivals, but LJT, yeah, that place is awesome. Yeah. We played this, this year on a uh, Wednesday night, I think. And, uh, Randy Rogers was the headliner that night. And we actually, uh, we were, we headed back home that night. So, I left, uh, like, Randy Rogers, I think he played his, it was, like, right when he was getting his last song in. We all loaded up, and uh, we were headed out or whatever, and I didn't even see him walk on stage or anything, and I wasn't paying attention. I was, like, side stage way off over by, like, where the merch building is yeah, for his set. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so, you know, I could, like, see him from a distance or whatever, and I was listening and everything, and I wasn't paying attention. We load up, and we're headed home, and about an hour later, I start getting these messages and stuff and they were like man that was so cool randy was wearing your shirt up there 
I was like, what? Oh, what are you talking you, about? Man. And I got it. And then finally they got me a close-up picture and he had Carson Jeffrey shirt on. I was like, man, that's pretty cool. And I didn't even notice. And I was watching the show. I didn't Heck even yeah. notice he had it on. <laughs> <That is> funny. <laughs> you know? That is hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. At least you weren't like expecting him to do it or anything like yeah, that. Yeah. I had no, I don't even know how he got it, uh, who gave it to him or it had, they had to have given it to him that day. I would imagine. Yeah. But. I don't know who would have brought it to him or if he was going out there earlier in the day and looking or yeah, I don't know. Yeah. You'll probably the, th- so this last year I played the Saturday, but the year before I was on the Wednesday. Wednesday. Yeah. So I bet this year coming up, you'll be on like, have they talked to you again? I haven't heard anything yet. No. no. Have you met Larry yet? I'm sure you have. I didn't. Oh, for no, real? No, I, I never even saw him around there. We need to we try to get on the same day out there. Yeah. I'll introduce you to Larry. He's a cool cat. I kept looking for him. And uh, never really saw him all because you know, of course, they have the other stage going on right before us, uh-huh. and then, and then afterwards, I was like out in the crowd pretty much the whole time. We kind of went and hung out out there, but yeah. so I, I wasn't really backstage a whole lot. But you've made it on a bunch of big festivals the past couple of years, haven't you? Man, we're not really haven't been on too many of them. I mean, LJT Music Fest. Uh, you've already been at Music Fest one year. Oh, I didn't this, know that. This past year it was real? my first year to. Be on the bill. Yeah. I mean, I've been for the past, I guess this year was like my fifth year. Do you ski? Fourth year. I ski. Yeah, you do? Yeah. I snowboarded one time whenever I was little and it's too much work. Like when you get to a dead spot and you got to push yourself along. Oh, for sure. Not about that. Yeah, yeah. You got to keep the speed up. Yeah. But skiing, if you get to a dead spot, you can kind of Uh get along pretty easy. Totally. But that snowboarding, like I was dead. I was like laid out like this. I'm tired. Yeah, yeah, So I took them back and traded them in for skis that that <laughs> yeah, afternoon. Yeah. One day, that's all I lasted. Or you catch your edge one time and slam on a snowboard. Man, I wasn't bad, though. Like really? I, I was fine. Did you it. like do some wakeboarding or skateboarding or anything uh, growing up? Yeah, like I mean, I tried to ride a little skateboards whenever I was a kid, but I did like a lot of skimboarding, you know? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. I'm pretty good at that, but. Well, that'll help. Yeah, so it wasn't like a big deal, but it was just too much work. I was like, <laughs> forget this, man. Trading it in. <laughs> totally. Totally. I love that steamboat. We went one time. Yeah. Man, that was so cool. It's awesome. Dude, it's the it's, coolest. I want to play that so bad. It's It'd a lot a of fun, man. And like we were talking before we started talking earlier, um, it's like the people with the Vita Drip thing or whatever, the IVs, you mm-hmm. know, uh, I, I can see why they get them because, man, at the end of the week, you're just like, you are dead. Yeah. It's like being in Vegas oh, for the finals. Yeah, except you're like, you're, you're freezing cold. Well, and all day you're like doing something very physically active. Well, the shows start at noon, so uh-huh. your only time to really, if you if you want to ski and enjoy the skiing, you have to do it in the morning. Right. So you're up till three in the morning, and then you get up at seven ski to go ski. Dehydrated and. You grab you a quick bite to eat. You're at 10,000 feet. At lunch. And then, yeah, you ski all morning, which is exhausting in itself. Mm-hmm. And you're freezing cold. You need a shower. And then you watch shows until 3 o'clock. Or you watch shows till midnight, and yeah. then you're hanging out till 2, 3 in the morning. Uh-huh. And uh, it's pretty tiring. Yeah. yeah, that's a week. That's a week recovery for sure. Oh, yeah. It's like a full, what, by the time you... The day before when you arrive, and then to the day after when you leave, it's like six days or something. It's a really long, that long. It's a long time. Maybe when y'all went is six. When y'all five. played, were you out there like most of the whole time? Like, did I stay the whole time? Yeah. How long were you there? Oh yeah, no, I stayed the whole. Oh, time. Oh for real? Yeah. Because that's the way that I would want to do it. I'd get out there at the beginning. I'd yeah. Some people leave like after they play, but uh, yeah. no, I'll never be that. It's such a 
um, mingling yeah. thing, you know, like I, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, exposure. I don't want to say Dude, that. I word, actually, but. the first year we went, I guess it would have probably been 2017. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I sat, in the lot, or I did the little open mic thing. Yeah, yeah, you were there. That's right. We were, we did it together. We did. I don't think I played on the day that you sang. Maybe you did it multiple days, but I that was the first year I went to Steamboat, and yeah. I ended up uh, playing at the open mic the last day. Really, I sang up there. But I remember you went up there and you sang. Yep. You like, were like in the room or something. Yeah, I was like on the front row. Dude, I was so nervous. And I was like, who the hell is this guy? Hey, I was so nervous. <laughs> And I, I was so hungover. Yeah. Oh, it's one of those two where you're like, you don't know if you're nervous or just hungover. Yeah. Because you're just so shaky. Right. So it's like probably a combination of the two. Yeah. The first, I mean, the first three years of going up there and playing that open mic. Yeah. I don't know what it was about that room, but I would get so nervous. Would you really? Like to the part where I couldn't even function. Yeah, dude. That's the most nervous I think I've ever been is probably playing that dude. music fest open High mic. High five over that. Yeah. That is me I know. for sure. I don't know what it was about it. That's not even a lot. I mean, that's, BJ Bar- Barham was yeah. standing over on the side. Mm-hmm. Uh, There's a couple other just scattered and they're just watching. Dude, I was like deathly nervous. Yeah, I guess that's what it is. You feel the pressure. They yeah. And they get up there and they're like, all right, next up, Carson Jeffrey. That type of stuff's always freaked me out, though. What's that? Uh, Like, I get more nervous at a show if there's not that many people there. Than if there's a bunch I of people. I do too. Yeah. So because if there's a bunch of people there, you know they're gonna have a good time. It's no pressure. Just totally. go out there and do your job. Totally. But if it's less people, you gotta work at it. And you gotta really. be like, hey, y'all gonna cheer? Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> you know? But anyways. And that yeah, that was the most nervous I've ever gotten. I was butchered. I did so bad that I don't think so, because I left there. I was like, man, who's this guy? You really remembered that. Yeah, you played the coyote. How I did. You did. How wow. Yep. Thanks, man. Yes, sir. That means a lot that you would even know that. I did. Sorry to be such a letdown once you met me. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> no. Uh so I dude, I felt so bad about that. My performance that I told Jess, my wife, I don't even think we were married yet. We weren't quite married yet. And I was like, I have to like, I'm gonna go in the lobby and just put out my like my little tip jar and I'm gonna play just to like feel like I redeemed myself. Right. So I sat there for probably two hours in the lobby of the Grand, really? and I have a song called Steamboat Springs, like talking about that actually. Really. And uh, I remember Stony Larue walking by. Yeah. And I was playing one of his songs, and he was like, "Sounds good, brother." And that was like the coolest thing. That's right. Ever I got to, to meet him this past year. Nice guy. That is very nice guy. Yeah. That was a, it's a crazy. Uh, Crazy moment there. <laughs> yeah. So, so, uh, Ben Hussey ended up when I got in the songwriter competition at LJT. Yeah. Uh, I remember Ben coming up to me like before I went on and he, and he said he was at that open mic too. And was he, he heard me sing, do Coyote. Yeah. And he was like, that was a really great song, man. And yeah. I was like, oh well, I, it's just a very unique song. And I just remember thinking that the moment when you're playing, I was like, man, that is really, um, Took a lot of thinking, a lot of very interesting. Yeah, you know? thanks, man. Yeah. Uh, I appreciate that. But I guess it goes to show that, like, you just never really know who's like kind of watching or who's right. in there. And, you don't, man. And you can be very, very bad. Yeah, it's, and still some good things might happen. <laughs> yeah, and that's important too. Just like back to the uh, part of you asked me why it maybe COVID helped me. You know, just thinking about that, like, you dang sure don't want to be bad in front of those people you (laughs) never know who's watching for sure you know and if you say i would have got a show booked at like the blue light or something early on Mm -hmm. and i go up there and make a fool of myself well 
you never know who's sitting in that room watching, you know? Yeah, it's and, the one first impression thing. Yeah, you get one first impression. That's mm-hmm. right. And, uh, yeah, I'm glad we got to take a little time to get our stuff together before we started going out there and hitting it hard. Yeah, that's a cool way of looking at it. Uh, I think it's right. Take some patience, though. Yeah. A lot of people just don't have that type of patience. Right. Just want to get out there and do it. But then you see some of, like, even with putting out albums and stuff, there's some of these dudes that they're just so eager to do it, and then they get, like, a few albums in, and then they, like, will delete their first one. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, there's been some weird stuff with that. If it was that bad, though. Yeah, but I feel like when I've seen it, it wasn't bad. Oh. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, like, I feel like you kind of built your career on those first albums, and then you put out this new stuff, and you're like, oh, no, I'm taking that off. I would agree. I hate, I don't say, I'm not going to say I hate it. I don't, I wish I would have done so many things different on my first album. So many things different. That's so funny. Production wise. Really? Songwriting. There's songs I wish I wouldn't have put on there, but. Okay. That's so, but that makes sense now that I've seen you play live and I see like your full band iteration and and what you're going for there. Yeah. That makes sense. It's different than the first album. It's, I don't know, but. Cause when I hear your first album and then hear the full band. Right. I'm like, well, this isn't exactly like what no, it's not production same. sounds like. No, it's not. So I get all. that, but that first record is freaking dope, dude. Appreciate it, man. But like, I'm not ever gonna delete that. I won't because I mean, Ranch Girl Dreams on that album, you know. So if you take one good thing away from the whole thing, <laughs> yeah. you know, the song on why I'm sitting here, but uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know that. Like I said, that whole first album, there's some things I regret, but I'll never delete it, right? You know, because I mean. It's a part of you. What do you think was the biggest thing about like production choices that you would do different? Um, trying to hone in on sound more, mm. you know, just kind of went in and cut a bunch of different songs and put them together. Mm. Uh, didn't, I mean, I, I don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm proud of it. You know, it was me at the time and we did it and put it out and it got me, it got me some good things, you know? Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I think everybody probably has that feeling if you could do it over, you know. Sure. And th- and that'd probably be the one thing I just make it mesh a little bit more. And it was nobody's fault but my own for not knowing what I wanted. Yeah, you know? that's all it was. Record, yeah, I had no idea. I was just going in there and cutting songs that I had written in the garage, you know, in college, yeah. sitting out there on my roommate's broken couch in the garage, and I'd, I had some songs with the garage door open. Yeah, but yeah, I stylistically liked it a lot. The first album, yeah, for sure, yeah. But I can hear like your newest single, Cow Pissing. Yeah. I, I can hear I can hear how some like a, a more like rock sound, you're like you're you're meshing the two pretty well together. Yeah. Like it's not like you just have two freaking screaming distorted guitars right. in your face. Yeah. Um but it thumps. But you still have some like cool production. Yeah, stuff. we have we still have a lot of steel guitar in it. That's yeah. something I want to keep in there. I think that's kind of my I'm big on that. I like a lot of guitar, but I like to blend in that steel a lot too. Mm. Um, just for my ear, you know, I, I think that that kind of makes the difference in some of my songs, but uh, on this new record I'm talking about, you know? Yeah. Uh, and actually Travis, uh, my, my guitar, one of my guitar players, he's going to start playing the steel on a, some stuff on the, uh, at the live show. Like he bought a, uh, no, a he's, steel or what? he's had one. He's always played, but. Oh, for real? Yeah, but you know, is that for the, the new is that the new? No, guy? my newer guitar player is uh, Ryan Rogers. Okay, but uh, okay. Travis has been with me since almost day one. Oh, pretty much day Tall one. Tall guy, right? Taller yeah, guy, long right. hair. Yes, sir. 
great guy, but uh, yeah, he's played steel guitar for forever, and uh, but he's never brought it out just because it's so much to lug around. And when you're opening up and you got to tear down in 15 minutes and get the next guy up there, it's too much. Well, and before you didn't have the second guitar player, I didn't. No, so that's it's another like, factor. It's going to be yeah. so empty. So it just it never really worked. But now that we're headlining pretty much all every time, and uh, you know we can take the time and we have the second guitar player. So he's going to bring out that steel guitar and play it on some of like the the end of the set, like yeah. Ranch Girl, Buzz Brain, some of those songs like that. I love because we close on Ranch Girl every night. You do, yeah, and uh, so that'll be like his main one to play it on. So it's really I'm I'm excited. I'm excited to see him play it up there. I, I'm excited to hear it. It'll give it. I think it'll give a. Uh, There's no electric a uh, lead guitar in that song on the recording. If you listen, it the the steel takes the entire song. There's no lead at all from guitar, and and that the shows all we do is put the sure. guitar as the lead. Right, <laughs> we compensate, but yeah, yeah. So that's just the next iteration. You're gonna gonna be able to hit some just some different sounds. Yeah. in the live set, I think that helps a listener so much. Mm-hmm. It just kind of gives them a break from a, a clean palette on some different sounds. Yeah, like during the set. Right. Yeah, we 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 do a lot of the songs differently. Uh-huh. Kind of. Not just sound wise, but also sometimes we change up a little bit of the uh, structure, you know, slightly. Yeah, and just just to tailor it to make it a show. You know, it's all about a show, so we're trying to make it a better show than just what you're constantly. Yeah, hearing. and holding people's attention, man. It's yeah, just, it's hard. Yeah, dude. we're pretty happy with the set right now, but we're I'm really going to be happy whenever we get these new songs in there when the new stuff comes out. Do you have a full record cut already? Yeah, it's done. Oh, for real? Mm-hmm. Where'd you do that one at? Uh, Farmland Studios in Nashville. Oh, you went with, to uh, Old Nashy. I did. Yeah, David yeah. David Dorn's a producer up there, and uh, Caleb Fisher's the engineer. But um, yeah, man, we we did. So we did Buzzbrain Part One at Melody Mountain, uh-huh. and then we did Buzzbrain Part Two up there in Nashville. Um, I actually did Take Away This Pain and Not Innocent in Nashville at that studio mm. from the second album just testing the waters whatever ended up coming back to texas finishing the whole album and then uh after we did the melody mountain buzz uh ep part one um we were trying to get back in there and the timing just wasn't gonna be right we couldn't get back in there soon enough we're like man we, we really need to get something done so ended up calling them again and went back out to nashville and man it's crazy out there in so, what way just the the quality of everything and, and the speed and it's, it, they know what they're doing, man. Yeah. Not that any, I'm not down in anything in Texas. I love what people do here. Um, but man, I feel like they've been doing it a little longer out there and it's just, it's fast, you know? And yeah, it's, they're definitely, pro- they're definitely more diligent on, uh, probably, probably following up and, and, uh, well, I'm not talking about just the communication or anything, but I mean, like when you get in there and I bring them just my demo, oh, I, guess. I bring my demo, a demo of me, just, it's just me and a guitar acoustic and they yeah. play it on the computer and everybody's in the control room and you're listening, yeah. you're listening. And, uh, you know, you've got all the studio guys sitting around and, and my guys, I took my guys and we had studio guys and it was this big mashup thing. And, um, those guys that do that for a living, they're not even like listening to the songs. No, they're just in there drinking coffee, talking, and then the song's over, and they're like, "All right, we're gonna do this, this, and this." And they're like, "Yeah, let's roll." So, did they have? 
did your producer get like a session leader that charted the songs? And he charted he would them. Got, and, oh, the producer did? He'd sit there and chart them while we were listening to them. Yeah. yeah he'd Literally, write the chart. He'd write the chart while we we're listening yeah. to the song. And then we'd talk about, okay, the songs that were like, okay, what do you think about this? He would say, you know, what do you think about changing this around, this chord progression? Yeah. What do you think about doing this? And we'd make those adjustments on the charts. Two minutes later, we're in, we're tracking, you know, and uh-huh. you track it five times, four, five times, and you're done. And then maybe you got a couple little overdubs, guitars here and there. Hey, maybe go hit some toms. Yep. Drums. That is the Nashville recording session for yeah. sure. So and do you feel like you like that more? I do. Okay. Because I'm a space cadet. So I'm like, let's sit here and hang out and like, let's right. chase down one pedal sound for five hours. I'm not like that. I'd go insane, man. I'd go insane as oh, it really? is just being in the studio for, cause we did it. We did 10 songs in three, three days. Yep. Uh, and then the fourth day I just finished some vocals, mm-hmm. but as far as tracking 10 songs in three days, and that was a lot. Mm-hmm. And we Oh were, my gosh, that's a ton. Dude. We were in there all day yeah. long and my brain was fried. I remember on the flight home, I was, I was just like, I was just buzzing. Like I was just. Melted. So, but in those moments, like, do you feel like, cause you were even saying on, I think on the first record, you wish you would have taken a little bit more time to like chase down some sounds and like hone it in a little bit more. Yeah. So but, do you feel like you, on the other one, you get maybe committed to it too early on the, on the choices that you're making for the song on this new stuff? Yeah. Like the new album or just, I just mean that, that style of recording, like, okay, let's start it. Uh, what do you guys want to do? Do you like this? You don't like this? Okay, let's do it. And then you bang it out. And then it's like, that's it. Yeah, but I, man, like it's just so good. That I, <laughs> yeah. I'm not trying to, I, mean, I guess it's just I good. I mean, it's yeah. just good. Like, yeah. yeah, we do make some, maybe we'll track it twice. Okay. And then we'll be like, man, this isn't working. So we'll talk, we'll just talk about, it. you know, everybody's in a separate room, but you all got uh-huh. your headphones on and we'll talk about it just sitting there. And David will, you know, okay, guys, we're going to change this around. Let's change this. And he'll tell the guitar player, hey, that's not really working. Do something else here. Okay. And, you know, we'll take five minutes between the two sections of tracking and then say, okay, now let's try this a few more times. And then you get maybe a completely different thing. Yeah. We did that a lot. And that's kind of, we. it took us a while. Uh, We did like this, this time around on this album, as opposed to the EP, we took a lot more time sitting in the uh, actual rooms where we're playing to talk about what we're hearing like after we'd get done tracking one we'd stop They're like man what are we thinking here maybe we don't even need that intro maybe we need this outro you know mm-hmm. we did take more time in that okay so, okay yeah. yeah and they helped me david helped me find my sound i mean he really did help me find what i was looking for there's some songs cal pissing yeah it's i love that song it's uh it's kind of a joke in the band really it's just i told him i said i'm gonna write a song about a cow pissing on a flat rock. I love it, dude. Chase was like, no, you're not. Don't, please don't. And, oh, please and I did. don't. <laughs> Tell Chase to fly a kite. Yeah. And, Get uh, out of here, Chase. You don't know what comedy is. Right? So I did. And uh, I love that song, <laughs> but it's not like my favorite one on the album. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, it's, yeah. It's, yeah it's, it's a good song. I love it. But there's these other songs on the album that I'm like, man, that's me. Yeah. You know what I mean? So. Yeah. Yeah. They're cool. Uh, how many's on it? Ten. Are you doing singles? How are you doing it? I'm doing three singles, then we're going to drop the whole thing. The whole thing. Mm-hmm. What made you come to that strategy? I'm just an album guy. I like albums. And I know Spotify wants singles. 
So we're going to give them three singles mm-hmm. of what I feel like is the commercial singles. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to drop the whole album and like it or hate it. It's what I, it's what I am. So, But you just like the idea of releasing a bunch at one time? Uh, Well, we're going to spread these singles out a little bit. Oh, you're talking about like the yeah. album. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I just like albums. I don't like it whenever people are releasing singles, boom, 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 uh-huh. and it doesn't feel like the same project. Oh, right. Or sure. not that I don't like it, but that's not how I want to look at my music. For sure. I want to yeah. look at my music like a this block, this block, I this agree. block. That's how I like it. And if I feel like if I'm just doing, you know, 15 singles over a year and a half, like, mm-hmm. oh, what is that? Yeah, yeah but, that's exactly what I'm doing. But yeah. I'm, I'm packaging it as an album. Yeah. But I just don't want to, I don't want to give it all at one time. Right. But it's yeah. all one project. And that's, I know that's what, that's what it wants too. the algorithm, you know, yeah. it wants singles. And- but for me, it was actually even more fun. I can sit with the songs longer. Like I still haven't finished mixing all of them, but they're yeah. all recorded. Right. And so there's some where I'm like, this is going to take some more work. Right. And I was able to push it off towards the end. Yeah. Uh, and then it like allows me to, uh, well, and you would probably dig this. Because a lot of people don't know, you do a lot of like graphic design and artwork mm-hmm. and stuff, which is mm-hmm. super awesome, dude. I think that's so cool. Which I think it Appreciate adds to the it. whole, the whole thing, the whole story, right. the narrative around the music. Well, that has saved me a lot of money too, <laughs> for sure. I remember, I think I texted you one day or something. Didn't I ask you who did your like concert posters? I think you did. And you're yeah. like, that's me. Dude. That's me. Yeah. yeah. DIY. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You ain't got to pay two hundred a pop for them. You're just Gosh. doing it yourself. I know, man. Or shoot, sometimes way more than that. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. But so like doing different like photo shoots and different graphics and things mm-hmm. for one song, it allows me to like put a whole narrative around that one song. Right. Even though it's within this overarching album. Right. And then that's the only reason that that I did it. But I, I, I don't like when it's just like each single, it's just a bunch of singles and they all just seem to be coming from all these weird directions. Yeah. None of like the aesthetics have any sort of similarity. I think that's right. weird. I don't like that. Yeah. Yeah, uh, we did that too. For but ours is not really single specific or song specific. It's the whole album. We did a whole photo shoot and all this branding for it and and uh, promo that hasn't even come out yet. Mainly for the whole album, you know. Oh right. Um, the single we had a couple of things come out and and the, just the new pictures and everything. But yeah, ours is for like the whole album and and then we'll move on. We'll go to that next section. Okay, well let's get more in there. So yeah, I think we're gonna try and do some more video work ahead of the album too. Uh, cause we still have time, you know, I'm spacing it out pretty good. So yeah. I don't know. I don't even have a date for the album yet. I okay. just know the fall sometime. Oh dang. So but, you're doing it pretty quick. Yeah. I say it's a long time, but it's not We're I'm spacing out these singles. So I don't even know when the next one's dropping yet, but yeah, we're just kind of looking at this first one, seeing what's going to happen. And then we'll <laughs> go at it. You know what you, you should know? do? You should do the deal where it's like, you're not ready for this. <laughs> uh, no, I'll probably ruffle some feathers saying this, but I don't care. Uh, the one where it's like, I just got a feeling this is a, you guys are going to love this song. So I decided to just release it tonight. Drop it tonight. Yeah. I'm just going to drop it tonight. I don't, and I'm like, what? That's not how that works. <laughs> right. I mean, I don't think so. I don't I, think I've done that. I'm, I was sitting here thinking like, have I, done that? <laughs> I don't think I have, but yeah. Cause you, know, you would have to upload it. And there's like lag time. Oh yeah, you're talking about actually like that's a lie. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm like right. you're, you're lying. <laughs> right. Like yeah. you didn't just. Yeah, upload it takes that. two weeks. You did that a month ago, or yeah, yeah, at least two weeks ago. Yeah, and then you just 
waited to say that day. Yeah. I'm just going to drop it. Today. Man, it, and a lot of times, I guess people don't give it the two weeks, and like it'll come in on Spotify and not on Apple Music. Yeah, and, I don't. Uh, that's not a good idea. No, I, I've seen it happen to quite. <laughs> so a few maybe people. some of them are like genuinely right just putting it out there, and I'm like, oh, don't do that. Well, I know there is one of the distributions that does say it's overnight. Yeah, Man, I don't know which one it is. Yeah, but even I for. I mean, I don't know exactly how you do it, but even for Spotify, this is for like anybody listening that's like trying to it get some more time. streams and stuff. You got to give at least four weeks. It needs time. And yep. then you can get on the little artist portal. I'm sure you do it. Yep. And you can pitch it to the editorial playlist curators on Spotify. Yep. Like if you're not doing that, you're not giving yourself a chance to like yep. really make a difference. Right. So. Yeah. Um, it needs a lot of back end time. You don't, nobody gets to see that, you know, that's all ahead of the, ahead of the release. Yeah, and then it's just on to the next one. Then you just go to the next one. Oh. Yep. And I then know. the song that you just released, you wrote it, you know, freaking God knows how long ago. Yeah, I know. We're already talking about, I bet, yeah, I'm going to Nashville to do some writing. And I'm, I'll i be writing this next stuff before the album even comes out. So, <laughs> Is that yeah. the, are you doing a bunch of co-writing now out there? Is that what you're, I'm, you're just feeling Man, this out? is going to be my first trip. Yeah. Uh, we're feeling it out. And uh just to kind of see where, what I can do with my, uh, I, I haven't really done a whole lot of co-writing. You know, every single thing has been on my own. I feel like sometimes it's kind of hurt me in a way, especially on like the first album stuff. But uh, I've been pretty proud of my songwriting here lately. Um, but I'm not opposed to making a song as best as it can be, you yeah. know. Um, I'm definitely not against it, and I want to try it out. So we're going to go try it out. Heck yeah. You know, it, it can't hurt you to go try it. I don't think so. Then you probably just meet some good people. Yeah, it's good connections, and yeah, you know, there's all kinds of deals that can flow from that. So, yeah, heck yeah, man. Well, yeah. I'm a fan. Thanks for doing this. Absolutely, man. Thanks I for having me it. on. What we what what we're gonna end up doing once you once you make it big and I just sort of stay here and <laughs> sustain what I'm doing. No, man. Uh, we're gonna be able because my wife races runs barrel horses. Yeah. And uh, I'll just be the little resident horseshoer, but we'll just go rodeo. Yeah, let's go, man. We can go play all the rodeos. Yeah, you can calf rope, and then I'll I can rope. be the barrel racer's husband. Yeah, you be the barrel racer husband. <laughs> I'll rope, and Tyler Housen would be singing after, <laughs> and then he'll make the money. <laughs> yeah, he's yeah. actually got the check. <laughs> I'll be out there in the parking lot making thirty bucks, tacking on shoes. Right? <laughs> yeah, man. We need to. We do need to do something us three together. Uh, It'd be awesome. Maybe even like I just in my head I envisioned like this uh, almost like a a festival thing or like a you know a, a thing with us three like the i'm in a thing like that we can do it here you know? yeah i'm already putting on shows here oh yeah yep cool let's do it let's get it going i'm totally in yes sir all right carson jeffrey albums coming out to be announced in the fall <laughs> <laughs> sometime <laughs> yeah all right see y'all <laughs>